global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey, just Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm. Were you aware that our entire team spends each and every day providing solutions to farmers so that they can grow better crops and make more money? I truly hope that you are having a great day and I want to thank you for tuning in. Now, in today's episode, we've got a very special guest, a, a good friend of mine that's become a good friend in a short amount of time. I think after we have this chat, he will become a good friend of yours as well. He's a grower. I would call him an entrepreneur, really, from the southeast side of Minnesota. They do several things that I'm going to have him tell you about because it would take me a lifetime to share everything that he is involved with. Uh, is a new to the team, uh, just about a year now, but super excited to have him on and tell his story about what he does and kind of the faith that he's got in our team and, and how he can build this and make this better. So I would ask that you please help me give a warm welcome to our good friend, Mr. Andy Frickson. Andy, how are you doing today? Doing well there, Mr. Tyler. Well, thanks for jumping on here, man. I know that it was pretty exciting. It's kind of touch and go. I know that you're super, super busy. I know you had a guy there kind of wrapping some hay and doing that stuff. So again, thank you very much for taking the time. But why don't you, if you would, kind of share a little bit about kind of who you are, what you do, and kind of how you got started with us. I know the the what you do might take a little bit, but by all means, share as much or as little as you want. Sure there, Tyler. So yeah, my, like I said, my name is Andy Frickson. I'm from a town called Winona, Minnesota. I'm fourth generation farmer. We were a dairy farm up until 2019. Economics there just it didn't make any sense anymore. We couldn't do anything any better. We just Now we just raise corn, soybeans, alfalfa, and we direct market our beef, FricksonFamilyFarms.com. That has been a positive, very positive experience. We have a farm store on our farm. Also, last year, we kind of started out with having, we put four campsites in on our farm too, just for travelers traveling by that and pull in for a night, grill a steak and, and kind of hang out. And now uh, this year, we're getting into Airbnbs and tiny houses. So kind of do a little bit of everything. We run about 600 acres of uh, tillable land, 200 head of beef cattle, and kind of back to how I met Tyler and, and Sam Shanks is actually the first one I, I talked to. Um, he's on mm-hmm. our team kind of last fall, you know, I was going to hit it big last year. It was kind of the hopes, you know, crop prices were good. I spent, yep. uh, increased my dry fertility program, about 30%, you know, we're going to swing for the fences. And when the time the combine rolled across the field, I was sadly disappointed. And I'm like, you know, every year we're on this build program, we're doing a uh, variable rate spreading soil tests, you know, kind of the, the typical uh, co-op approach. And it just isn't working. We're spending more money and we're not seeing the results. So I was sitting there uh, combining my last field last year, and I always seen the better way to farm Facebook videos with Rod there and listen to their podcasts here for a few years. You know, I'm going to give these guys a call. Well, I talked to Mr. Sam Shanks, and he kind of got me signed up for one of the pro eggs, and and I was kind of lucky enough where I signed up early enough in end of October. So I had um, kind of the winter to put a plan together and go to the pro egg and do my research on this liquid program. All I can say is um, we have not obviously harvested yet, but this is the best crop that has ever been on our farm. I took everybody's advice. I went full program with the system 
And I, so far, I'm very impressed. Very, very, very impressed. I'm excited to combine. My wife is really tired of me. All I'm talking about is getting that combine going. Like, <laughs> so, so yeah, very happy with the results so far. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you kind of tell your story, Andy, is because you know, there's a lot of unique things going on with what you guys have up there. You have not only just a lot going on, like you mentioned with the whole bricks and family farms, you know, with, with the beef side of it. I absolutely love that. And then taking on some Airbnb stuff. I think that's a fantastic idea. I, I worry about your workload because you are always, always so busy. So the, the time that you give us is fantastic. And I really appreciate that it really in that like two and a half minutes, well, that's a great synopsis of everything. So really, we could just shut this podcast off now and call it quits, and that'd be fantastic. But taking a deeper dive into kind of that time frame when you're like, you know what, we've got to do more. You have trusted advisors. I'm assuming that the, the people that you were working with before you started working with us at A Better Way to Farm, you probably felt that you should trust them and their advice, Correct. Yes. And uh, I'm very lucky. My agronomist that I work with at our co-op, he's, he's a very open-minded guy, easy to get along with. And we still are good friends. I do buy my 32% nitrogen through him, but you know, there's only so many products that the co-op offers. And, you know, I'm always, you know, watching like corn warriors or Podfather on TV, you know, and all these guys are Mm -hmm. using some of these products, this liquid program. It's like, God, where does the guy, you know, use some of that. Well, I, after doing my research and the reason I did call the Better Way to Farm team is after finding out that they've been in, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these liquid products and fertilizer systems and since the 70s. So it's really nothing new for this company. This is what they've always been doing. Being a farmer, you're almost overwhelmed with how many products are on the market and and you know all these different companies and you don't really know what one to go with. So for me choosing my company, I went with the Better Way to Farm team just because they've been doing this. Some of their products are 20, 30 years old. They're PFR proven. You know, it's just, and my grandpa has used products on the oil side, you know, the grease and the Tico it's called. Um, just so I was kind of around it a little bit as a kid. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, you know, our, our John Deere 4440 has got 14,000 hours on it. He's put Tico in that baby, every oil change since it was new. And it's never been overhauled and then nowhere need, needs it. So obviously them products work. So hopefully their fertilizer does. And, <laughs> right. and I guess I made the right, right choice there thus far. I mean, obviously the combine yeah. hasn't rolled yet, but very impressive crop health is on point. And we're, we're about five, I would say good five inches behind on moisture this year, just like a lot of other people. And that's one thing that really shined this year with the liquid program compared to some of the neighbors, maybe using the dry fertilizer. It just seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, you need that water obviously to liquefy that and and this is uh, the Conklin side is more of a food grade, very highly plant available. It's already in liquid form, so you don't have to even you know, worry about that step. So that I've seen really shine compared to some of my neighbors this year. But when I did this program, I went 100%. That's how I do everything. I mean, I yep. changed the corn planter over, furrow jets, conceal, you know, downforce, precision gen 2 monitor, which is older technology, but it works really well. Just a yep. lot of things like that. Went on and bought a high boy sprayer, uh, Y drops. It was a big investment up front, but you know, it's paying off. You know, I only run 650 mm-hmm. acres and between going over all my passes this year, I'm at 2,700 acres on that sprayer and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, times that by 10, what the co-op would charge you, well, that's 27,000 and my payment on that sprayer, you know, it's $10,000 a year. If there's anything that yes. can make you money, that's a big one. 
Yeah, we talk about that all the time, that the sprayer really needs to be probably the most used piece of equipment on your entire operation. You know, we we have a, a bunch of guys now that are flying drones. And I just had that conversation with a gentleman the other day. He's like, you know, still works with dad. And dad was like, well, I don't know if, you know, we really want to invest twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars into a drone. And I said, look, that drone will spray a hundred percent of your acres in a day. And yeah, you've got some work to do, but that's it. And it'll do a far better job than if you have to rely on somebody else, or even I'm going to, I guess I'm going to throw the co-op under the bus here, but you know, if you have to rely on them to come out, they're going to do it when it fits into their schedule. And when you have your own piece of spray equipment, or maybe it is, you know, self-propelled or a drone or whatever, it gives you the control back of your own operation. And Andy, that's what I've really appreciated about what you've been able to do is that you finally said, you know what, I'm taking back control and I'm going to do something about it. Now, granted, yes, you've chosen to work with the A Better Way to Farm team, which we absolutely love. But where was that mindset shift? Because we have a lot of the growers that do listen to these podcasts or, or, or do follow the Facebook page or any in social media, you know, maybe it's TikTok, that follow the pages and they say, oh, you know what, this isn't for me. You know, that works in the I states where they have flat, you know, and black and beautiful and square fields, but you don't have flat, black and beautiful square fields. I happen to know the guy that soil sampled for you. And he remembered being up there sampling in the frigid North and around all the contours and stuff. So talk about Kind of that mindset shift. I mean, was it the fact that you spent 30% more on your dry that last year and got no yield response? Was what were you that frustrated that you said, I've got to go all in? Or where was that mindset shift at when you said, Yep, this is what I've got to do to get away from dry broadcast? Yeah. So, you know, pretty much the last two years I've been just a little bit more fertilizer, a little more dry fertilizer. And when I made that investment last year. And I was like, I was sitting in that combine and I actually, our farm average went from three years ago was about 198. Two years ago was about 191. And last year was 181. And I'm just going, <laughs> what is wrong here? Cause this is not Those aren't the, kind, the returns you're looking on. for. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. We have side Hills. We got some rock. We do have some pretty nice flat stuff, but you know, 30 acres is our biggest field in a lot of dairy farms in this area. So we're low on potash, you know, that's a given with a dairy farm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just sat there last fall and I was, I was just straight up mad. It's like, you know, what else, what else can I do? You know, I'm, I'm making a change this year. I mean, I can't be any worse. So we just, we made the investment and uh, like I said, just do your research. Farmers are probably not the best people at, you know, taking two days to go to a event or, you know, like when we went to the pro egg, you know, to take two days and, yep. and go do that. But I tell you, coming from someone who hated school and education or anything to do with it, the last two years, I've completely changed that mindset. If I could, yep. um, you know, there's a book out there, rich dad, poor dad, I tell everybody they should read it or listen to mm-hmm. it. It will change the way you think about things. Just be open-minded. You can never be too old to learn something new. Yes. It's kind of my main takeaway. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I And I actually have that book on my uh, Amazon Audible. I've already listened to it. I, I should probably read it. <laughs> but in my line of work, it's easier to listen to books than it is to sit down and take the time to read them. So what would you tell those growers? Again, I hate that we haven't gotten to Hardest yet, 
but I know that your results right now are going to be far better than anything you've ever had because you're getting those compliments. Dude, what are you doing? How come your stuff looks so much different? What would you tell those growers that are a little bit leery? They're like, man, I, you know, I just can't pull the trigger. I, you know, I want to get away from dry broadcast, but quote unquote, I know that it works. What's your message to them when they say, well, I know that this works and and how do I trust that works? Well, like I said, back to the education factor, but at the end of the day, you are in charge of your destiny. You can complain, complain, complain every year, do the same thing over and over. Oh, it's the weather. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. At the end of the day, you are in control. Just you need people need to be over or, uh, you know, just what the hell is what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Open minded and Mm -hmm. willing to try, willing to try new things. And, you know, it's farming's changing and it's like anything, you know, as you evolve through the years. You know, is you just can't always do things the way grandpa did and expect the same results. Right. And I think a lot of it is just back to soil health. I mean, we've been overloading this dirt for how many years with synthetic fertilizer, uh, mm-hmm. high salts, everything else, you know, and you're wondering why you have, you know, pest pressure. And and that was kind of one thing I really noticed this year. I went pretty heavy with the Sintos sugar product. My pest pressure is minimum to none. And that's been the first time. And in probably three years that I can walk through my fields and go, wow, like this, this stuff looks amazing, amazing. And we did yeah. some yield checks. We did some yield checks with my seed corn guy here this week. And, you know, we got a lot of it that, you know, that's, of course, the test weight's got a lot to do with it. And if everything's going to fill out here and we get rain this weekend, right. but, you know, my, I, I took 200 acres and I just pounded it. And I said, I want to see what I can really get off of this. And, you yep. know, we had some a lot of 280s to 300 bushel yield checks on that. Now, if we can actually get that through the combine, you can most gladly have me back on this podcast and I will be ecstatic. <laughs> so, but, yes, yeah, yeah, I know. That's, know. that's what I'm really looking forward to is what we're able to do at Harvest. But like I said, I was really, really excited. Karen has put out there a few different times on our Facebook page you know, what should we have on the podcast? And, and a lot of, I mean, we get a lot of people to comment some very good things, a lot of technical stuff, um, some knowledge-based stuff, but we do get those growers that still, you know, ask, well, you know, can I change, you know, my system and, and do all that stuff. And I wish that people would believe me, but you know, it's hard sitting here being a part of the team and saying, oh, you know, trust me that this is the right way to do things. Cause I used to be on the other side, but I did used to be on the other side. And I hated when I was working retail, having to sell people something that I didn't believe in. And I, and I always truly believed that there was a better way. And, and so I loved that, you know, I was able to meet Preston and reach out to him and meet Rod. And then, you know, this whole thing kind of started, which has been fantastic. But to listen to grower stories like yourself, where you were, you were just like, look, I was so sick and tired of, you know, the old way and, you know, even your trusted advisor, which is still a good friend. I'm glad that he's open-minded, but sitting there and saying like, you know what, you need to increase your, your dry fertilizer. We've got another guy, Tyler Janky. I want to get him on. Hopefully he's got some really big news at harvest on some soybeans, but he said the same thing that he ended up like doubling the amount of fertilizer that he put on a couple of years back and saw no results. Well, again, what we do is not magic. And it all starts with that that two-day fundamentals of agronomy program, that that event that we've got that really educates the grower. And to us, that's where it starts because it's not a magic show. 
it's about the education. When you understand that fertilizer isn't just fertilizer, that there is a difference, then you can start to understand that we can take things like a potash, like a KCL, and we can actually get rid of that completely. You don't need that anymore and you can supplement it. You can swap it out for high quality uh, food grade starter fertilizer. And there's some other products that you know, maybe you can wide drop or foliar feed, but once you understand the science behind that, that's where you get your biggest gains. I think you said you're about five inches behind on precipitation this year. What has been some of the coolest things that you've seen or heard this first year being on the A Better Way to Farm team? Like I said, with the drought stress and the liquid program, I think really shine this year. And I had a few neighbors come out to me too and say, you know, what are you doing different this year? Why does your corn look so much better? You know, and uh, like I said, it's already in liquid form. So a little bit of rain that you do get, it doesn't have to work on breaking down that pellet. And it, right. when you're using a food grade product like this, it's a hundred percent available. And that was the biggest thing that uh, my biggest takeaway from like the egg um, class that you guys put on is I didn't know that being a farmer, that when you're buying, you know, potash or whatever, you know, that half of it is salt and then half of that actual potash product yeah. is plant available. Well, then, you yes. know, everybody's on these build programs and then they're wondering, well, why aren't we building and why aren't we gaining traction? But, you know, with all these attachments that you can get on your corn planter now and everybody's like, oh, the, well, the liquid system, you know, well, how do we manage it? How do we do it? Well, precision planting does a wonderful job with that. As you know, mm-hmm. uh, the furrow jets are a game changer. You can run 10 to 15 yep. gallons of liquid in furrow or a half inch away from that seed. You can put it on with your soybeans. I mean, that was the biggest jump I seen this year. I just shut the pump off, yep. drove 200 feet, turned the pump back on, and it was just night and day all year long, the difference. I mean, to be able to wow. put it in in furrow system on a soybean and have it be seed safe, that was a major. And then another part that really sold me this year was when we did the tissue test. This is the first time I've ever done mm-hmm. a tissue test. Uh, V7, we pulled our tissue test. We only ran 130 pounds of actual N this year, split applied. So with the corn planter, we put on, I want to say it was around 50 pounds of actual N. The rest, we come in at side dress time, 50 to 60 with the planter. And at V7 time, um, when I pulled that tissue test, we were sitting at excessive levels with nitrogen. All my micros were either sufficient to excessive, and that was only with a pint put in furrow on that corn planter. And then what I compared it off of is I had another farm close to me who let me do a tissue test on their farm. They're in a full dry program, excellent farmer, very well managed. And I don't know for sure how much any put up front. I want to say it was, it was 140 buried with the finisher. Mm-hmm. And we yep. had the corn at the same stages and he was already at a sufficient to maybe even a little bit deficient on the nitrogen side. One thing that he brought up to me is he was like, oh, we put zinc in furrow. Well, it wasn't a chelated zinc because he was <laughs> right. you know, deficient. And we were sufficient to excessive on our tests. I'm like, wow, you know, so he's a farmer that was using the program that I used years prior versus this one. That proved to me right there that what I'm putting in this ground, that plant is uptaking and it's working. It's doing what it's supposed to do. And uh, like manganese, for instance, on our soil test, we were super low. We only, I think we put two pints in with the planter at planting time. We were sufficient to excessive. And, mm-hmm. you know, other than we put it on a, a pint a gallon on when we put our, we did our Roundup pass, our post herbicide, other than that, I put the rest of the tote in the shed and it's going to be there till next yep. year when I need it. That's one thing with the liquid yeah. program that really sold me is if maybe you got a big hailstorm that comes in, wipes her out, put the fertilizer in the shed, save it for next year. 
You go and yes. spread the, spend those dry broadcast programs and you spend them dollars up front and you blow her on. Well, guess what? She's history. So yep, that's one yeah, thing that was 100%. really nice with the liquid program. Yeah. And I love the versatility of it because you, well, you brought up Sam. I literally told Sam two days ago that he asked me and it's, he's a little bit South of you. He's North of me, but they have been kind of in and out of kind of that drought area. They haven't caught all the rains, but they're doing pretty good. And he said, look, he said that, you know, we're starting to dry up a little bit. I don't know if this foliar pass is going to be the right move. And I said, man, I, I wouldn't, do it. If you don't have the rains, wait for another 10 to 14 days, look at the forecast and see what's coming and then make that decision. And, you know, when I worked retail, that was never the decision. It was always, oh, no, 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 you, you need to get that on. You need to get that on. And most of the time, the fertility programs, like you said, Andy, you're already applied anyway. You, you put it on up front, you dry spin it. You want to make sure you variable rate it. That's what I love about the versatility of this. And again, I'm going to go back to that two-day fundamentals for agronomy program that we put on it, there is so much education there it's far worth it to take those two days yeah we do have a little bit of a cost involved to help kind of cover the hotel and and the food and all that stuff but come check it out take a look at, at what we are doing and if you can leave at, at the end of those two days and and tell us that you saw no value at all in anything that we do, we will gladly refund the money that was invested into that. But it is a true investment. And I'm telling you right now, Andy, you mentioned 130 pounds of nitrogen is all you're going to raise. And you're thinking you might be able to push maybe 280. I'd love it if you'd push 300 bushel. That'd be phenomenal. But even if you land somewhere around 220 to 240, I would challenge the growers that do not currently work with us that are listening to this podcast. I would challenge them to look at their nitrogen rates. Are they putting on 130 pounds of nitrogen to raise 230 bushel corn? Because I doubt it, especially in Southeast Nebraska, that's got, or uh, Minnesota, sorry, that's got to be almost unheard of. So I really do thank you for sharing. I know that I kind of took the spotlight at the end of that, Andy, I enjoy talking a lot. Um, but with that being said, you mentioned Frickson Family Farms. I want to put a plug in for that. So, so go check that out, FricksonFamilyFarms.com. If you want to check out kind of a little bit about what Andy does on the other side of that. But Andy, if you want to go ahead, drop your number for those that are listening to this podcast and, and they want to ask you more about how you just dove in feet first, 100% into this deal and really took back control of your operation, how would they best get a hold of you? Do, do you like that email or do you want to shoot out a number or how's the best way to contact you? No, sure. Yeah, I'll throw up my uh, cell phone number. Anybody that has any questions, they can surely feel free to give me a call. My number would be 507-429-0646. And if you're looking for a tasty T-bone shipped to your door, just check us out at frickstonfamilyfarms.com or give us a follow on, on our Facebook page. I always like to uh, put a few videos out and have some fun on there. So it's always well. You do time. a fantastic job with your social media. We got to give kudos to Rod. I know that it's you know Karen and Kayla pushing him to do that, but you'll see Rod's face all the time over social media. But Andy, you do a fantastic job as well. So for the people listening to this, if you are so inclined, reach out to the team. If you want to talk to Andy more, ask him some more questions. 
He shot that number 507-429-0646 if you want to give him a call. I'd highly recommend it. Andy, thank you very much for the time, man. I know that you've got to get back to work. I've got to get back to work, but thank you so much, and I look forward to chatting with you later. Hey, no problem. Have a good one, Tyler. And I want to thank you all for tuning into our podcast today. And as always, remember that we hope you have a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.